You're listening to the League Bound Podcast. Your source for weekly coverage on the future stars of the NBA. I'm your co-host Jake Schrantz. And I'm your co-host Brandon Blue. With production for the podcast coming from Broderick Wilkin. With the first pick in the NBA draft. And hello, hello, and welcome back to the League Bound Podcast, where we break down NBA prospects and some of the best players in college basketball, while also giving interesting takes in the college basketball world. And I am your co-host, Brandon. And Jake, how are you today? I'm doing great, man. Uh, it's amazing to be back here with League Bound for the Mock Draft Special. And Brody, I think this is going to be a great episode. Yeah, and uh, I think our fans might notice something a little different here if you are watching on YouTube as we're currently on video, mm-hmm. uh, and this will be our first video podcast. Uh, we'll, we'll try to keep cons- some consistency with the video podcast from here on out. We've got some special things coming up, but we got a special day today as well as we are doing our mock draft. And uh, I'll give a brief explanation for those uh, curious as to how we'll do this. So we'll start. Uh, the draft will be one single draft. Each of us are assigned a team. And basically the team assignment order is just one, two, three, uh, and then the fourth pick will be back to the first person. We'll uh, make our picks, give our opinions, and uh, tell each other why they made a horrible mistake. <laughs> so uh, I make no mistakes in the mock drafts. How about we get right into it with our mock draft special? Let's do it. All right. Um. First off, I just wanted to acknowledge that everybody's dripped out because uh, oh, yeah. my boy Jake came yep. prepared. Uh, Brody suit and tie, suit and tie. Brody's probably the most dripped out out of all of us. He got the hey, Nebraska <laughs> hat, sun, uh, the sunglasses. Appreciate it. Bro. Appreciate it. He, he's, he's fly, man. Don't get it twisted. We got to come correct for this this epic, epic episode of League Bond. You know, this mock draft special is going to be really fun. All right. And leading into that... We have our first pick, which we did do a randomization of the uh, lottery draft, so it comes kind of random, and the first pick goes to Detroit, and Jake is currently on the clock, and I personally have a feeling of who he's going to take, even we, though I don't We all know it. who he's going to pick. Yeah. Yeah, so Detroit ended up winning this lottery, this randomized lottery here on Tankathon. They move up two spots, get that number one pick. And with the success of Cade Cunningham and all the talent that he showed this year, got to add Chet Holmgren to that roster, man. Number one pick in the draft, best player in the draft. Chet Holmgren goes number one to the Detroit Pistons. Okay, before before I I disagree a little bit, I will say Chet on Detroit isn't really a bad fit. Uh, they do need a better five than Isaiah Stewart, I'd say, just because I think Chet will add a little bit more of a a basketball IQ, and he's definitely more of a uh, somebody who's more known as a scorer, I guess. But I, my thing is, I feel like wait, let me get my big board up. I feel like Jabari, Paulo, maybe even Jaden, just the upside that they all have, it, it's probably higher than Chet's. But wow, but hey, higher than Chet, Jaden Ivey's, Ivey's potential is higher than Chet. I. I've said this before on the podcast. Y'all in the comment section can roast me, but I feel like Chet... I don't think Chet's going to be a bust, but I do feel like he'll be a little bit more mediocre. Um, wow. But I, I could genuinely see Jet, Jabari, Paulo, 
and Jaden. I think one of the reasons why Jaden's so high, really, is just because of the 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 potential that he has. But I feel like they all have more potential. But not a bad, not a bad pick, not a bad pick. Fair enough. I don't, I don't like it when you have someone like Paulo Boncaro right behind him. I mean, you look at his Final Four performance and his entire performance in March Madness, and there's just really no comparison. Uh, I don't like the take, but uh, it also means Chet's off the board, and I don't have to worry about picking him. That is true. And with that, Brandon, let's move into pick number two here <laughs> on the Mock Draft Special. And the pick number two goes to Portland. Yes, so for Portland... That was a big surprise in the, in the lottery yeah, randomization. If, if they... <laughs> if they manage to snag that, if, that'll if, be... Uh, if this does happen and they get, like, Damian back, and they still have Anthony, Sim- Anthony Simons, it's, it's going to be crazy. But for me, this... I was torn, I can't lie, because Jabari and Paulo, uh, they're... I feel like every day I wake up and I'm, like, kind of interchangeable with the two. But after long and... A lot of thought. This will probably change on draft day. I've decided that Jabari is going to be my wow. second pick. Wow. And that is just because that is just because I feel like Paulo, he, he can shoot, but Jabari, he's way more of a shot creator than I'd say Paulo is. And I feel like him paired up alongside uh, Simmons and uh, Lillard, that just gives him so much uh, scoring depth. And I think Jabari... He's a two-way player, so he can add a little bit of defense in there. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm going to rock with Jabari. No disrespect to Paulo, but Yeah, I think, I think Jabari Smith is a terrific player and someone who, you know, this top three is so talented where I feel like every player has the potential in the top three to be the best player in this draft class by, you know, a mile. So Jabari definitely would bring that potential in to Portland, who was definitely looking for a running mate with Damian Lillard after they lost C.J. McCollum. And so with that, I think we're moving on to my pick, which is the third overall pick. And we've been talking all year, all season, about the big three, which is Jabari, Chet, and Paolo. And, uh, I mean, I look at this Sacramento roster, they need anything, anyone. Uh, And I think here you just have to go best available, which is 110% Paolo Boncaro. I mean, you look at the way... He played in March Madness. It was absurd. It was an amazing performance, and uh, I'm excited to welcome him to the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, the Kings move up kind of similar to the Portland Trailblazers here in this lottery simulation. This lottery is kind of crazy. They move up four (laughs) spots up to number three, and as Brody just selected right there, get Paulo Boncaro, maybe the best player in this draft. You know, it's questionable. You know, I think it's a good pick, like we said. The first three picks are all they're all kind of interchangeable at the end of the day. Um, you can't go wrong with that. Um, and I don't really think, well, I guess they did trade Tyree. So if they had drafted Jaden, that would, could have been a little bit beneficial. But I don't think it's a bad pick. So Yeah, Jaden with De'Aaron Fox would be pretty crazy, just pure speed-wise. But I would be interested to see how Paulo mixing with DeMontis Sabonis would work out. I think that could be a very mm, interesting yeah. front court moving into the future. There would definitely be a lineup that would have to thrive on a smaller style, but it, that's where the league's going now anyway. So. Yeah, and you can't just pass up on the talent like Paulo right there. Definitely not, and that's why I'm taking him. Yeah, I like. I honestly, with how the board has gone so far, that's that's a clear pick. And this all of a sudden becomes... 
very interesting here as with the fourth pick, the Houston Rockets fall three spots in this lottery simulation down to number four. And, you know, everyone in this pre-draft process has, you know, the top three is pretty consistent with Chet and Jabari and Paula Boncaro. And then usually it's a Jaden Hardy pick here at four. But with the Houston Rockets and how this team is already constructed, drafting Jalen Green at number two last year, he was a prolific scorer, you know, in the second half of the season. Really impressive stuff from him. And they also have Kevin Porter Jr. playing the point guard for them. Do they go with another young guard who is really kind of scoring first how Porter Jr. and Jalen Green are? This is a tough decision for me. So let me check my board right here because mm. a lot of these guys around here, this four to six range for me, are all wings that can score. So, you know, I think you just have to end up going with the best one of the bunch, and that is Jaden Ivey. Yeah, not a bad pick. Like I, like you said, um, he's probably the best pick of the bunch. Um, but it does kind of add a little bit more to their guard front with Jaden or Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, but... I think that, honestly, you can make that fit. Um, if it becomes like a minutes battle between... Or, actually, I feel like you could make that work. You know, you have Kevin Porter at the point. Uh, I could see Jaden Ivey being the two, Jalen Green being the three. Um, uh, I think that could be a good lineup, you know, because shooting guard, small forward, they're all kind of similar positions nowadays anyway. So I think that if you're Houston, that is the right pick. Yeah, and with Porter Jr., a lineup with Porter Jr., Jalen Green, and Jaden Ivey, three guys on the wing who can just blow by you off the dribble, I would be really interested to see how some of these poor defensive teams in the NBA deal with basically three guards, but you know, plus-size guards who can get to the rim pretty much at ease. That would be really fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, if they, they probably wouldn't be that good their first season. Well, who knows? Because Kevin Porter and Jalen, their second year, they might make things mesh, kind of like the Timberwolves did, but mm-hmm. um, that would definitely be a must-watch TV because all three of them are quick, explosive, jump out the gym, so those would be some pretty fun games to watch. Um, and now, moving on to the Orlando pick. This one, I must say, we're getting to that point in the draft where it's like top three picks, sure, you kind of well, know. Even top four here with yeah. Jaden Ivey, he's yeah. kind of like pretty much locked there I feel like but this 5 through 10 spot it's like man I could do a lot of things here um but for Orlando I will come right out and say they have way too many guards um specifically point guards so I don't see myself drafting like a Kennedy Chandler or Ty Ty Washington but they're a little bit lower anyways but I think here I think here I'm gonna have to rock with I'm going to mix it up, and I'm going to go with Keegan Murray. Ooh. Mm. They do have Franz Wagner already, who's – he kind of switches between the four and five. But I think that, you know, even in his first season, I do think he can be somebody who can supply a lot of scoring. Um, and I think just for the Orlando Magic, where they're at now, that's something that they're going to need immediately. And plus, like I talked about, they have too many point guards. Literally last year, I remember when they drafted Jalen Suggs, I was like, what are you guys doing? But, I mean, it is what it is. Um, Maybe Suggs will have that second-year takeoff that so many rookies seem to be having right now. But I think I'm going to have to rock with Keegan Murray for Orlando. I think that's a great pick. Uh, 
with how this board has kind of fallen because Keegan Murray is one of those scorers here in the top of the draft that really doesn't need the ball in his hands a lot. So playing with a lineup with all those guards who are going to want to control the ball a lot, I think he could be someone perfect, you know, pick and pops it. Uh, pick and pop scenarios he can shoot the three really well and he's just someone who he's also not a you know a freshman he's I believe he's a sophomore right yep so he can come in pretty much play right away he's six eight so he has that versatility on the you know he could play the three or the four um, especially with how small ball dominates the NBA now and I think that Keegan Murray is a great fit for Orlando and now we're down to the sixth pick and that brings me to the table uh got a ton of options here uh and this is for okc uh the thunder they could use a lot of people Uh, i feel like if anything you want to build off of uh shea gilgis alexander uh Mm -hmm. and so with that i mean i'm looking at their roster they need pretty much everyone just like last time but they got josh giddy and shea gilgis so i think you add a uh, big in here somewhere definitely and uh for that looking through here i mean pretty much the best next guy is aj griffin so i'm going to take aj griffin at number six okay i think he'll be a great fit uh he played really good at duke uh he had a great season Uh, i think he's super talented and welcome to okc uh hopefully maybe you can be finally the person to turn this one around but uh I th- we'll see with. Uh, I with think Thunder. that's a good pick, Brody. <laughs> um, AJ Griffin, he might be a little bit questionable defensively, but I think that he's arguably one of the best shooters in this draft, um, specifically off the catch and shoot. Um, and when you add him with players like Giddy, Gilgis, who, um, you know, G- Gilgis especially, he's a really good driver, and you know the defense is going to collapse on him. So if you have a guy like AJ Griffin wide open in the corner, he's I could see him getting like 10 points a game just off of that alone. Um, so I think that's a really good fit. Um, gives them a good sharp shooting threat. And uh, also looking here, he's super young. So, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, almost just, just, oh my God, he's younger than us. <laughs> he's literally younger than us. Uh, hey, let me just say this. This is not an indictment on A.J. Griffin. I think he's super talented. But like you just said a couple minutes ago, OKC is coming into this draft, and they need to get a big out of this draft, especially at the top. Yeah. Because I think A.J. Griffin, like you said, he has the potential to work out in Oklahoma City. But they already have Lou Dort at the three, who has been a good defender for them so far. I think that if I was OKC, I would have went for Jaylen a Jalen Duran yeah. or even a Mark Williams, you someone who could be a lob threat. Should have made that pick because if I'm being honest, I kind of forgot about Jalen Duran because he was super low on this list here as I'm reading, and uh, I probably would have taken him over him because I really like Jalen Duran in comparison to <laughs> AJ Griffin as uh, Jake drops his baseball. Uh, no context needed as we move on here. Are we keeping AJ? I think we should keep AJ here. Just yeah, no, just no. The- I made the pick. I made the mistake. Yeah. The error. Uh, let's say OKC sees uh, AJ Griffin as a better pick, and uh, no, I wouldn't. I mean, I made the pick, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm realizing how I'm backing myself into a wall here because I actually really like Jalen Duran. But well, we'll see. I we'll mean, see. it's not a terrible pick as OKC does have you know more picks. They have a pick at twelve, so they could get a big there possibly. 
Mark Williams could be still on the board there if they're thinking that. They also do have a pick at 30, so they could get an option there, which you'll also be picking at 30 for the Thunder, interestingly. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Man, they have a lot of picks this year, and uh, well, there's a lot of talent this, se- this year as well, so we'll have to see there as we move into the seventh pick, which is the Pacers, which goes right back to Jake. How about the Pacers? Who are you taking for Indianapolis? Yeah, Indiana here at seven. They dropped two spots, so they're at seven here. Trading for Tyrese Halliburton was a huge move for them last year. They have Malcolm Brogdon and Tyrese Halliburton as their backcourt, and I think that this team, they also have Buddy Heald out of that trade, so a good shooter there. So not sure if they're going to be looking at some of these wings like a Benedict Matherin or a Johnny Davis, someone who does a lot of the similar things that a Buddy Heald would give you. And after losing Sabonis, they have Miles Turner, so that's somebody who's kind of solidified at the five for them. So I wouldn't be surprised if they go somebody on the either the wing or a big that can kind of shoot. But also, you know, not a super high ceiling on some of those players. Like Malcolm Brogdon, we kind of know what you're going to get from him at the point guard position. So you're not really expecting too much more development out of him. Tyrese Halliburton definitely has some ways to go in terms of his ceiling. Uh, but pretty much everyone else... You're kind of, you know, you know what you're going to get with them. So I think maybe Indiana decides we're done here in the Eastern Conference just settling for making the playoffs when we have a good year. And maybe they look at somebody like Shaden Sharp mm. and say, take our franchise to the next level. We we lost Paul George, what, almost a decade ago now, mm-hmm. it seems like. Yeah. Closer to a decade than, you know, recently. That was, you know, that was their guy. That was their player to lead them into the future. They lose him to OKC. I think Indiana goes Shaden Sharp as long as he stays in this draft and look to rise to the rankings of the Eastern Conference on his back. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. Like you said, they have been mediocre for so long. Malcolm Brogdon, you know, he's, I hate to say it, he's a good player, but he's kind of mediocre as mediocre gets. Um, and dang, no disrespect. He's still he, he can still bring a ring to a team as a role player, but ooh, <laughs> I'm just anyway. Shaden Sharp, I think that is a really good pick. Um, you know, I people might if he played in college this year. Oh um, yeah, people honestly might be arguing he could be in this top three or four. Um, but just because he's coming straight out of high school, um, people are a little bit lower on him. And shoot, honestly, he might struggle this year or his first season, but I think the season after, and for honestly the rest of his career, he's going to have a really, really high ceiling. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good pick for the Pacers. Yeah, and I was thinking just with Halliburton and Brogdon, the way that they can control this offense and be efficient offensively, they probably will be able to kind of recover for any deficiencies early in Sharp's career and help him develop those skills that he's lacking coming straight out of high school. So we'll see yeah. if they can do it. And also... If Rick Kyle, if Rick Carlisle, is he going to stay there? Is he going to retire soon? He's getting up there in age. But that's a coach that has coached however many people in this league. He's been a legend in NBA history. And I think that's someone who could really coach up sharp well. So the Pelicans are on the clock. Now this is, this I think is a really crucial pick because assuming they have Zion Williamson back next year, I think, I think that they could really do some damage with this pick, whether they decide to trade it or if they draft somebody. But I'm looking at this uh, this big board, 
And I'm thinking now, this might be, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little bit skeptical about this pick, but I feel like they might need to draft this uh, player just to add to their defensive identity. Although they do have Herb Jones right now, but I think if you add Jalen Duren to this roster, I think this might be really good for them. Because this does give, they have guys like, C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, um, Zion Williamson. So I feel like they have enough scoring. Um, but just having somebody who can kind of hold, be your anchor, um, I think that's something that's really, really crucial. And he's a versatile defender too. So adding him along with Herb Jones, who can you know guard almost any position, I think will be really beneficial. Yeah, and I'm just picturing now in my head, you know, years into the future after Jalen Duran, who's already a massive human being after he gets in that NBA weight room. I'm, I'm just picturing, you know, the tip off circle with Zion Williamson and Jalen Duran. And that is one of the scariest front courts physically in the entire NBA. Yeah. Um, my only big concern with that would be spacing. the spacing, yeah. obviously, because Duran is not a perimeter shooter at all at this point in his career. But, you know, I think the talent wins out there and maybe, you know, they just become a crazy front court with Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Jalen Duran. That would be pretty scary. Mm-hmm. I think Jalen Duran looks amazing with New Orleans and with Zion Williamson. That, yeah, just as you said, that front court would be ridiculous. Yeah, and the Pelicans at eight, they might not even have thought Jalen Duran would be on the board for them with OKC at six as they may have thought he would go to the Thunder instead of A.J. Griffin, but they sit and let Jalen Duran fall right into their lap in this simulation. And coming right here to my pick again, uh, number nine, the Spurs. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. I shouldn't have stretched as I was talking. But uh, as we go on to the Spurs, Spurs have, we're starting to get into teams that have quite a lot more talent and aren't just completely lacking in every regard. And looking at this team, they have a good center, great point guard, and they have a good forward, so they're pretty filled out. They could go for either a guard or a forward here. And you know what? I am going to go for the man himself out of Arizona, Ben Matherin. (laughs) I'm going with Ben Matherin. Uh, He was great he was super clutch i mean uh made a ton of plays for arizona in march madness you can tell i'm picking off march madness crazy right mm-hmm. but uh i mean he's got a high ceiling young talent put up a ton of numbers uh in, and in college and uh welcome to the spurs i think he'll really help fill out that team yeah ben matherin coming to the spurs to play alongside Dejounte murray adding him to Keldon Johnson and Devin Vassell on the wing as shooters and scorers. That is a really nice young trio of, you know, shot takers and especially shot makers from three-point range. All of those guys have range. Ben Matherin, really special talent. I love that pick for the Spurs. Yeah. Um, like you said, my my only concern is just that it's just Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson. So there might be a little war for minutes, but like Jake said, a lot, lot of good shooters. DeJounte oh, yeah, Murray's. Totally the leader of that team so you know i'm sure he can keep those guys um he can keep those guys in check and who knows you know the chances that they're all going to turn out and be 
you know, all-star caliber players is just really not likely when you look at it. So I think that that does give them a good starting five or starting backcourt at least. And, you know, they have a good guy to come off the bench. So I like that pick, Brody. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. On to number 10 here. We have the Washington Wizards who stay at 10 here in the lottery. Wizards are a very interesting team as with Bradley Beal, obviously their best player, best scorer, one of the best scorers in the entire league. They are a team that, and honestly, we need to take a quick break here. I got to look up the Wizards roster. Yeah, this Wizards roster, they have young players in Denny Avdia, Rui Hachimura, Corey Kispert is a good shooter for them. Kyle Kuzma actually played really well for them this season, which was somewhat surprising. They got Kristaps Porzingis in a trade. So they've got some talent in a lot of different positions and a lot of different sizes on this team. So I think for this Wizards team, you just look and you go, we need to take the best player available. And he's maybe not the best fit, honestly. And honestly, I might have to backtrack this. I was thinking about Johnny Davis for this team, but I don't really know if he fits at all alongside Bradley Beal. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to have to go one more pick down and go for Tari Eason to the Washington Wizards. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. Tari Eason, um, he's a guy with very, very good size. Um, <laughs> he's, <laughs> all right, all right. He's Yeah, he's, he's long. Uh, he's a scorer. Um, he can... Get to his spot whenever he steps inside the paint. Um, he can shoot it a little bit. So I think he's kind of a raw prospect in my eyes, but he's somebody who can easily be developed. He, he reminds me a little bit of, I want to say, I don't want to say Giannis because they don't play alike, but just in kind of in terms of the way they're coming into this league, you know, they have, they're both around like 6'9", 6'10"-ish, long athletes. Um, but I'd say Tari, he's more at, at an advantage. Um and I think once he gets into the league and he's just really developed, he's going to thrive. Um, might not be like some MVP superstar like Giannis is, but I still think he's going to be a good player. So, Yeah, and I mean, he averaged almost two steals a game and over a block a game in the SEC for LSU. That's really good defensive numbers, and this is a Wizards team that needs to get more stops. Um, I mean, they have the offensive firepower. They have Kyle Kuzma. They have Bradley Beal, Przingis. I think this is a team that needs to lock down more defensively. So I think Tari Eason really helps them out with that. Mm-hmm. Now the New York Knicks. Um, man, this is tricky. I'm not going to lie. Um, wait, let me take a break because I want to like. I cannot believe Johnny Davis has fallen this far. I can. I'm going to keep letting him fall, bro. You're going to keep letting I'm him fall? I'm not picking him. I'm not picking him. I don't have faith. With the 11th pick, I have the New York Knicks. Um, I think that the Knicks, they already have a guy like R.J. Barrett. Um, they have Julius Randle, whether you like him or not. Um, he makes some sort of difference. Um, and I think, really, the Knicks need a good point guard, and especially now we're seeing how important it is to have a good point guard. And I'm going to pick a G League guy, mm. Dyson Daniels. Wow. Uh, he's a he's a lot of guy, a people a lot of scouts seem to rave about just because of how smart he plays and um, the IQ that he brings to the game. And he does a little bit of everything. So I think uh, he's somebody that the Knicks could rely on. Um, might not be a guy who's, like, out here averaging, you know, crazy 20-point 
10 assist games, but I think he's a guy who will play smart, make the right decisions, get your guys where they need to be. And he's a good rebounder, too, so that's something you value from a point guard. Yeah, if Dyson Daniels hits here for the Knicks, he could be like a a slight triple-double machine, not really like in terms of high-scoring averages, but like 12 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists kind of guy. That really impacts the game. Mm-hmm. The Knicks, I think that could be an interesting decision. You know, R.J. Barrett switches sometimes between the two and the three, so he's pretty tall. He's about 6'6", six, 6'8", six, 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 maybe. So he's got some size in the wing. They add another big kind of guy up top with Dyson Daniels. How tall is he here? 6'6". Six, six. Dyson Daniels, 6'6", six, six at the point guard position is really impressive. So the Knicks, after many years now trying to solve that point guard position, take a guy in the lottery who may lead them into the future. That would be very interesting. You know, this is just a little side note, but I'm thinking about Thib, and I, I know that he has an affinity for Smaller point guards. So now that I think about it, I'm going to keep my pick the same, but I feel like he's probably going either Kennedy or Ty Ty here, honestly. But I still think Dyson Daniels can help them tremendously. So Yeah. Brody, got the number 12 pick, OKC Thunder. You passed on a big earlier at number six. Will you take one here? Well, I look at the Thunder's roster again just after taking, uh, who did I take again? A.J. Griffin, right? Yeah. And, you know, it sounds kind of goofy now looking at it, but, man, that team is talented. But you got to go for a center here. I look at this team. They just they don't really have a super identity at center. I'm sorry, Isaiah Roby. He is from <laughs> Nebraska. I love him. I love him to death. Uh, I'm sure you could thrive somewhere else. But uh, we need an identity at center for the Thunder. I say that like I'm a fan of the team, but... <laughs> Uh, the Thunder needs identity at center, and for that, uh, I had two op- I have two options, but I am going with Mark Williams. I love it. And A.J. So Griffin, Mark Williams. Oh, yeah. Two Duke guys uh, come to the same team. and I think that is an excellent choice. I um, like Mark Williams. So Yeah, I think at that point, with how this board has fallen for the Thunder, to get A.J. Griffin at 6 and Mark Williams at 12, that is a tremendous job by the uh, GM here. Broderick Wilkin, great job there, securing two possible cornerstones to this roster going into the future. Yeah, I'm not going to say too much here. Mark Williams, great paint protector. That's all you really need to know. Yeah, massive lob threat, reject shots at the rim. He's, you look at Robert Williams, what he brings to the table for the Celtics, a lot of those similar things with Mark Williams. So no relation, I don't believe, <laughs> yeah. but, you know. Now, moving into number 13 is my pick, and that is the Charlotte Hornets. And with LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington, these are some of the young guys that kind of have been on that team so far and led them to somewhat of some success that they've had. They almost made it to the play-in this year. But I think at this point, you still have to take best player available, and I think they team up LaMelo Ball with Johnny Davis to play some defense for the Hornets. I think Johnny Davis's massive fall. You know, some people are going to think this is a massive fall for Johnny Davis here at 13. But, you know, here on League Bound, we're not quite sure how high Johnny Davis is going to go. So we'll go Charlotte Hornets, Johnny Davis. I know we talked about it recently with the James Booknight comparisons, but, you know, maybe Johnny Davis is better than Booknight. I still believe Johnny Davis is a player that thrives in transition and... 
The Hornets, they're a team that likes to get out. So if he had to go to a team, I think this still is somewhere that would fit uh, with his strengths well. And it might be like Book Knight where he not might not play that first year. But um, he gets into a system where he can get out and run. I think he'll do just fine. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and now uh, moving into number 14. Oh, Brandon, who are the Cleveland Cavaliers going to pick? Who are you going to give us? Mm. For those who don't know, Jake is a Cleveland Cavs yeah, fan. So. Um, Most definitely. There's a lot of good talent on the board for the Cavs here yeah. after just missing out I on mean, the playoffs this year. I mean, this whole draft really just has a ton of it. So For sure. Honestly, I know who I'm going to take. Um, you guys don't need a point guard. Definitely you guys not. need another shooter. Um, I think I have a feeling. Oh, Chai. Thank you. Thank you. There Thank he goes. You. He's I love the, the pick. Um, he's, again, maybe this might be more of a hot take, but I do think you could argue he is one of the best shooters in this draft. Um, I think that's why he's so high up there. Um, again, more of a catch-and-shoot guy, not really a shot creator, but I think he'll fit right along with Garland. Um, Colin Sexton, if he comes back, that backcourt will just be lethal. He might come off the bench to start, I don't know, but I think he'll fit in just fine in Cleveland. Or anywhere, honestly. But yeah, he's definitely a fit anywhere kind of guy. His his game is basically the stereotypical three and D guy, like perfectly, like almost like a Jay Crowder kind of player, which I think is really what Cleveland would be looking for in a young player. So perfect pick there from GM <laughs> Brandon Blue. Brody, what are we thinking here for number fifteen with the Charlotte Hornets? Man, this is hard. Uh. I'm not quite sure who I want to throw in here yet. You guys technically just drafted Johnny Davis yep. a bit ago. Johnny Davis is on this team now. I'm looking here and I notice that four of the starters are six foot seven, including their sixth man. Uh, just random thing. I thought it was kind of goofy. Uh, let's see here. So you pick a shooting guard. Could go for another center. Well... Is Mason Plumley think... really it? Is he like that? <laughs> yeah. Enough? Trevor Keels can play some. You know defense? what? Uh, I was looking at him with the Thunder, but I decided to go with Mark Williams. And I think this team could use another center, another center to uh, develop and really get going here. So I am going to take Walker Kessler. Walker Kessler here at I, number fifteen. He's had some fantastic games, and he is a defensive menace yeah he had some triple i think he had a triple double this season with blocks for auburn that was ridiculous yeah, he had 10 blocks or no i think he had 12 blocks in a game had, or something yeah like wasn't that. that the arkansas game uh i think he fouled out in that game or something but it was he fouled he, out with like 12 blocks I'm yeah sure. it was i don't know it, it was, was crazy. crazy but he also really scary started to show a little bit of some perimeter shooting a little bit later into the season that could be something that he develops into a strength and almost becomes like a a bigger Kevin Love, sort of, with the rebounding and the defense and possibly some perimeter shooting with that, that would be really nice for Charlotte moving into the future. Now, up here at number 16 are the Atlanta Hawks. Um, After taking down the Cavaliers in the play-in to reach the playoffs, that was really tough to watch. But they lose in the first round to the Heat. And I think this Hawks team may be looking for someone to raise their ceiling a little bit. You have Trey Young, obviously, Probably a top five point guard almost. Maybe definitely top ten. So I think the Hawks here look at somebody who can come in 
And they have Clint Capella, obviously, at center, so they're set there. I think, will John Collins stay? Will he go? That's kind of up to, you know, determination here coming up. But I think someone that raises their ceiling definitely defensively and a good shooter on the wing. And Hawks fans might not like this very much just because, you know, similar skill sets to Kevin Herter. But I got to take Christian Brown off the board here for the Atlanta Hawks. I think his 3 and D ability is something that the Hawks won't be able to pass up. And after losing to the Heat in the playoffs, a guy like Tyler Hero was something that, you know, is effective against them. And Christian Brown, I think, can bring a lot of the stuff that Hero brings to the table. Mm-hmm. I don't think Brown is a, as good of a shooter as Hero is, but I definitely think yeah. that he has the same heart and grit. Um, and Hawks, like we've said, they're a team that needs defense. And Christian Brown, what makes him so good is his defense. He had that clutch stop in the championship game. So Hawks are getting a good pick there. Yeah, another guy I was thinking about was EJ Liddell, but I couldn't quite take a shot at him at uh, number 16 in the draft. I think he might be able there a little bit later on. All right. The Rockets, I think I'm going to give them a pick that's a little bit uh, more defensive here because – like a lot of these young teams need, it's a defensive player. So I think I'm going to go with Jeremy Sokan here mm. from Baylor. Um, I like that. He's he's a good shooter. Um, can switch like crazy. Uh, sh- showed that he might honestly be one of the best defenders in this class. Um, just from going back and looking at the research. So I think the Rockets could use somebody like him. Um I see him being more of like a his first few years being more of like a role player off the bench. But when they get ready for the playoffs, which I could see happening, maybe even next season, maybe even the season after, him just being a heart and grit guy that just comes in, makes a big stop, shuts down best player at the right time. So I'm rocking with Jeremy Sotan. I like the pick. I think the Rockets are a team that, you know, you're basically still in the stage of just acquiring talent because they haven't proven any winning ability since James Harden left the team. So I think anyone who can come in and show that they could be a building block for the future, that's definitely something worth picking here in the middle of the first round. Brody, what are you thinking at 18 for the Chicago Bulls? So Chicago Bulls, interesting team. They need defense. Okay. Can I, can I say that? Can I say they need defense? Yes. I think every team needs defense, but big, definitely the Bulls. I think they desperately need, need defense. Uh, and I think that's the reason they struggled through the season at times. Uh, I mean, really would have liked to take uh, Jeremy so- Sohan mm-hmm. uh, out of Baylor, but he's gone now. Can't do anything about that. Uh, so... Next best option I'm looking at here, and he'll be a nice scoring uh, threat as well, and someone who can kind of uh, come in, be a good role player off the bench, and make sure the team doesn't start falling behind in games and really just be a great role player. I'll take EJ Liddell. Ooh, okay. Out of Ohio State for the Chicago Bulls at pick number 18. I like that pick. I think that's someone who could be one of these, you know, veterans of college basketball that the scouts here in the 2022 draft really kind of value as someone who can definitely play at the next level. Um, For the Bulls, if I was looking at that draft, 
They have Lonzo Ball at the point guard position, but you know he has been somewhat unreliable in terms of health so far in his career. And they have Kobe White, who was solid at moments this year, but I would have been looking at someone like Kennedy Chandler just because he's sticking out on my you board. Know, I, was, as, I was debating that, but... Mm-hmm. He's someone who was sticking out on my board, same as Ty Ty Washington. I think it's a little surprising the way that this board has fallen with those two guys still on the board. But, you know, Timberwolves on the clock right now, they are not a team that needs any of those guys, Kennedy Chandler or Ty Ty Washington. You have Anthony Edwards as, I would say, the best player moving forward for Minnesota at here at pick number 19. So definitely don't need a shooter or a scorer off the wing. Carl Anthony Towns really went through it here in the playoffs um was not doing very good for them so honestly this is a team that needs to take best player available and this is tough but I think I'm gonna go Kendall Brown who could play alongside Anthony Edwards a little bit he's got the size to play the three and I think Kendall Brown is someone who could raise the ceiling a little bit if he reaches his potential offensively uh, for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think that's a good pick. Um, at, like these Baylor guys have some of the same uh, some of the same identities, but he's another good defensive anchor. Um, I think he's versatile, can defend almost any position. So that's a good pick for the Timberwolves right there. So with the 20th pick in this draft, I think I'm going to have the Spurs take Christian Coloco here. Okay. Um, the Spurs don't really have... An established center here. Um, they have Jakob Pertl, but I, you can always get an upgrade. Um, yeah, he was solid this season, but definitely not going to hold you from picking someone like Coloco here in the middle of the first round. Coloco, yeah. Um, yeah, some people might have him a little bit lower, but uh, I think defense um, and just the lob threat he provides, uh, that could prove to be useful. Um, might not be um, a starter, per se, but just having that little role player off the bench can be key in certain situations. So I'm sticking with Christian Coloco here. Yeah, this Spurs team, you already have your primary shot takers in DeJounte Murray, Keldon Johnson, um, Devin Vassell. They already picked up Ben Matherin, who's going to be getting a lot of shots here in the top 10. So picking up someone who's going to do the dirty work on the defensive end is, I think, a pretty good pick for the Spurs. All right, and now on to my pick at 21, which is the Denver Nuggets. Let's go down to Denver. Who do they need? Well, uh, pretty much looking at their roster, they could use some forwards, uh, but I think Kennedy Chandler has fallen way too far, and I am going to take him for the Denver Nuggets. I love it. Uh, A point guard would be nice to have for them, a guy who... He's talented. Uh, I think he dropped too far. I think he's dropped too far, and I think you got to take him at this point. Uh, he's a great player, and I think he'll be a great asset for the team uh, to add some depth. Yeah, I think you know Jamal Murray. He's a great point guard for them, but you know they're going to need some people off the bench to support you know this offensive Jokic and and Jamal Murray. So, I mean, Kennedy Chandler has a lot of talent, especially defensively too. So. He could be a guy that comes off the bench for Murray and supports that end on the defensive end and, you know, does a lot of things. I'm just thinking about their bench right now. And if you had Bones Highland, Kennedy Chandler, some people might think that might be an issue. But with the way Kennedy Chandler plays and how he's primarily a playmaker, um, and I think he would compliment Bones, especially off the bench. Um, 
because just because Bones is such a good shooter and he can get to his spot. So I like that pick actually. Yeah, and with that, Kennedy Chandler, we all saw it this year in the SEC how well him and Zakai Ziegler and Santiago Vescovi all played together in that death lineup for Tennessee this year. So he's definitely has he definitely has experience playing with other guards and playing off the ball a bit so far in his career. So that could be a great pick for the Denver Nuggets. But at number 22 for the Grizzlies, I think this is a team that is knocking on the door of being a perennial contender. And I'm kind of stuck here because Jaden Hardy is somebody that is sticking out on my board and adding his talent offensively to John Morant in the backcourt sounds really fun, but also... I I could see them staying kind of conservative and just going for someone that they know for sure will be like a solid pick, like a Wendell Moore or like a Trevor Keels or something. But I think just for the fun of it, we'll go Jaden Hardy. He's sticking out on my board and add him to a backcourt with John Morant. That could be pretty fun. Um, Jaden Hardy, like I said, he's a guy. I genuinely think if he were playing in college, he would be a top 10 pick. Um People forget that he was on the ESPN Top 100. He was the number two player. But uh, like I said, I think Jaden Hardy, um, he'll be a sleeper, and I think he can help the Grizzlies a lot. I could even see a backcourt of, you know, they already have Desmond Bain, but um, a guy like Jaden Hardy on there, just being another big shot maker. It, it almost gives me like Jordan Poole vibes a little bit. Oh, yeah, for but sure. Him being in that, especially when they go small, him – Desmond and Jaw is just something very, very scary to see. Yeah, I mean, Jaden Hardy averaged 17 points per game in the G League, which... He's going against pros. Like, these like are, that's that's league... That's, like, the lowest league, or, like, the league right below the NBA. So, 17 a game against those guys. That is ridiculous. Yeah. He's playing the best, almost the best D1 players, essentially. And, you know, he's got he's going up against... G League players that are probably going to turn into solid NBA players one day. So For sure. I think you can't ignore that. So now for the Nets. Um, I know they're a team that needs a little bit more uh, defense. And Usman Jang is a guy who's not really known for that. But I think I'm going to pick him here just because. Uh, wow. I think I feel like if I'm the Nets here and I'm like kind of getting into their frame of mind. I feel like they see the upside that he brings offensively, and I think they're willing to take a chance on it. Just because he's 6'10", and he can handle the ball really well, uh, and he can kind of playmake a little bit too. So I think they take a chance on him um, and adding just another young core for uh, when guys like Kyrie and KD are getting up there and just getting another young player who can be an offensive threat. I think Usman kind of fits into their identity. Yeah, and I was thinking, you know, maybe you were thinking about someone like a Wendell Moore or a Trevor Keels to take that Bruce Brown role, but they do already kind of have some young players like a Kessler Edwards who has been a pretty good perimeter shooter for them. He's uh, pretty young as well. So I think, you know, Usman Jiang, similar build to Kevin Durant, not not perfect, mm-hmm. but could definitely learn some, you know, some things as staying in the league at that kind of a frame from Kevin Durant. That could be really interesting. Brody, what are you thinking about for number 24 with the Milwaukee Bucks, one of the best teams in the league? Yeah, well, with one of the best teams in the league, I was looking at a guard here uh, because I feel like 
they could use one. But I also really feel like pulling the trigger on another guy. Uh, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to pull the trigger on the man out of Nebraska. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> the man out of Nebraska, Bryce McGowans. Come on up to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Wow. Join the Bucks. Be a role player. A menace. <laughs> I mean, you just love to see Be a it. a sleever. You love to see him in the first round. Uh, I think he's a super talented guy. I'd love to see him go uh, at any of those rates. He got... He, it, it was... Uh, we got to see him the most out of uh, all these players in the first round because Definitely. we are from UNL. I uh, figured we could talk about him a bit longer over other players, but <laughs> <laughs> just because I feel like we know a thing or two. But like watching him grow over the entire season, he struggled until he didn't at all at the end of the season. And uh, he's a quick learner. He picks up quickly, and I think under the development of uh, – that staff down or up with the Bucks, uh, he has a chance to become a very pivotal role player for that team. Yeah, yeah. If, go ahead. I was gonna say if you know a player like him, uh, a lot of people complain about how he's just skinny, doesn't really finish through contact. But if we've seen firsthand through Giannis what that staff can do to a to a young player who kind of needs to get better physically, and but if you pair him alongside, let's say he's on the floor with Giannis and. Somebody who's just going to draw so much attention, you know, he's going to be standing around that perimeter just racking up shots. Uh, once he learns how to drive too and like really finish on people, because we've seen him get a, a couple oh, mean yeah. posters. So, you know, when he starts doing that at the NBA level, um, I think he's going to be a dangerous player. Okay, let me just go off real quick. Get that camera on me. <laughs> All season here on League Bound, we have been promoting Bryce McGowan's, especially me, top 20 pick. It doesn't quite happen here on this pre-lottery mock draft, but number 24 to the Bucks, Bryce McGowan's, his, his progression this season, linear, just positive all year long. One of the best scorers in the entire nation, almost 17 points per game. <laughs> where, are you, where else are you finding that other than at this top four in the draft? Paula Buncaro, Jabari Smith, Jaden Ivey, some of the best scorers as freshmen in the country. Bryce McGowan's right up there with him. Great length defensively. One of the best prospects in this draft, in my opinion. Bucks get a steal, and I think Bryce McGowan's one of the best players in this draft. That message was sponsored by Jacob Schrantz. <laughs> Most definitely. All right. I'm done ranting. Now. Beautiful. Truly beautiful. At the 25th pick with the Spurs, Jake, who you got? Spurs right here. I Honestly, I don't believe they're going to take three picks on, on draft night. They Trade. I think they're going to trade something yeah. here. But... Someone that I think, you know, I don't know. I guess as their third pick, they're just like, why not? I guess they go Nikola Jovic. Um, he's a good shooter uh, from overseas. And he's somebody that the Spurs could use, you know. We talked about how they have so much shooting on the perimeter. But you really can't have enough. We've seen in the playoffs how teams like the Warriors have just w- literally won games just from their perimeter shooting. So I think the Spurs could take that into account and get a little bit more size with Jovic on the on the floor and a little bit more shooting as he can shoot the three ball really well. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I don't think the Spurs in all likelihood take three first round picks with how close they are to being competitive in the Western Conference. For the Mavericks, I think I'm going to rock with Wendell Moore. Um he's a player who's been 
he's got a few years up at Duke. Um, really strong defender. He's a guy who he's been through it all, and I think he can bring a little bit of that championship DNA. Um, he can shoot the ball. Um, Mavericks need more 3 and D guys, I feel like. So, yeah, I think Wendell Moore is a good fit for the Mavericks. Um, him alongside Luka, uh, Jalen Brunson, just that backcourt pairing and adding another strong forward. Um, he'll probably play, be playing behind Hardaway and Finney Smith Jr., but I think that'll be beneficial for his development. All right, and moving on to the 27th pick, uh, I have the Heat here as we look on the roster. Need a big. Need a big. Uh, and that's why I am going to go with six foot ten Patrick Baldwin Jr. Ooh. That is a name I was not expecting to hear in the first round. I can't lie. Patrick Baldwin Jr. wasn't was somebody that came into the season as a possible top ten pick, but you know, fell off playing for Milwaukee, Milwaukee this year. He didn't even do like great at Milwaukee. He was yeah. He was well, struggling a bit. 15.2 points per game, seven rebounds. Hmm. He a, has the potential. A block and a steal. Yeah. I mean, I'll give it to him. He's try like, to he, develop him. They're such a complete team where See if they happens. hit on a pick that's, like Patrick Baldwin, that would be scary. They, I, I look at the Heat's depth, and they just need a big, but at this point, take a gamble. Yeah. Number I, one seed in the Eastern Conference. You can't really be worried about developing more young players, so you just take a shot. Yeah. I think it, or they could even trade the pick. Who knows? But for real. At this point, I think the Heat are known for their crazy work ethic and culture. Like they weigh people at their like training camps and practices. Like, and if you have a certain body fat index, like you're just getting benched or you're getting <laughs> cut from the team. So I think that uh, if Patrick Baldwin has the has the work ethic, things will work out. Definitely. Yeah, and then real quick here at number 28, the Warriors, I think they look at somebody, they're probably looking at a Trevor Keels or a Malachi Branham. And, I mean, very similar players. They're both shooting guards. As I think Jordan Poole could be their sixth man pretty much going forward until, you know, Steph and Clay kind of phase out of their superstardom. Uh, I mean, obviously they could upgrade the big position. And honestly, I might actually look at that as the guys here on League Bound may not like it, alongside me but trace jackson davis i think is somebody who could be a perfect fit for the golden state warriors holy cow when you think about it warriors they don't really draft shooting big men they just like to get guys who can defend exactly Um, he can play defense he can be a nice screener for them they already have their shot takers in the guard position you know i think he's someone that could be a good lob threat for jordan Poole as he kind of wiggles around off the bench i think Obviously, Steph Curry is going to find him in perfect positions. Um, Clay Thompson needs a guy to set screens for him coming off the ball. So I think Trace Jackson Davis, somebody who was extremely efficient offensively as well, he's not going to get a lot of shots in the Golden State offense. So I think he's someone that needs to be able to make his shots count when he when he takes them. And I can definitely see someone like Trace Jackson Davis being a great pick for them. All right. Figure it out. Grizzlies, I'm kind of torn with this pick, I ain't going to lie. Because like, they don't really need Ty Ty. Especially if they're drafting Jaden Hardy early. But they'll take Ty Ty here, I guess. Um, He's fallen so People far. are going to be so mad. I already know. They're going to be like, <laughs> where's Ty Ty in the comments? But I'm sorry. 
But he's, yeah, he's going to fall to 29 here. Like I said, I don't think this is <laughs> Holy that, cow, man. I don't think this is really that strong of, like, a point guard class. Cause I like, Tankathon, I mean, Tankathon has Ty Ty Washington at 11 to the Knicks. I, and that's, yeah. But the thing is, is if the Knicks don't go Ty Ty, a lot of these teams really don't need a point guard. Yeah. So he could fall. He, we could see a fall of point guards here, kind of like how in the NFL draft we saw a big fall in quarterback. Yeah, like I said earlier in the draft with the Knicks, Thibodeau likes smaller guards like Kennedy or Ty Ty, so he could fall there. But like I said, I just really think Kennedy is a better player than Ty Ty. I agree completely. Just because Ty Ty, I'm like, I look at him and I'm just like, I don't think there's one thing that he really excels at, whereas Kennedy, it's kind of like, they, they're similar in a way, but Kennedy is a much better playmaker. Yeah, and, and a have, much better defender. Yeah, so it's like, Ty Ty... He'll probably go in the first round, but here I'm just gonna I'm gonna plop him there. Maybe he's the surprise of draft night. Yeah, maybe he's the Lamar Jackson. Maybe he'll have us looking foolish like two or three years from now. Ends up averaging like 15 or so on like a solid playoff contending team. And Brody, to wrap it up here on the mock draft special. All right, man, I got the shades on. on Pre lottery number 30. Y'all join me. OKC, okay, should we join you? Join me with the shades. For the final pick in our first round of this year's mock draft, uh, before the lottery, uh, I got OKC again. I also think after taking uh, A.J. Griffin and uh, Mark Williams that I feel like they would try to get something out of this pick. Trevor Keels is still on the board. You can go three straight <laughs> Holy Duke, cow. Duke players. I could do it for the meme. <laughs> I mean, this. There's no way. Like, if you get AJ Griffin and Mark Williams, are you really like going for <laughs> for Trevor Keels? I mean, wow. Hey, that would be crazy. The whole squad. I mean, I guess if you want, because Malachi Branham is still on the board as well. Someone that a lot of a lot of draft experts think is going to go much higher than we have him right here. I know those Ohio State fans are going to be in our comments like, "Where's Malachi?" Oh yeah, like, especially yeah. as Bryce McGowan's Mm-mm. goes at twenty four. Oh yeah, well we don't. Rock we with know Malachi. who the real rookie of the year. Yeah, we is. don't rock with Malachi. We know. Either. We know we who know, the freshman of the year really know, was. Or, in the Big Ten. Yeah, not rookie freshman. We know the real Big Ten freshman of the year. Come on now. Forget forget Big Ten freshman of the year. Who won AP, AP Big Ten newcomer of the year? For let's, real. Let's talk about that. Come on. But anyway, one of the most prestigious awards in all of college basketball, yeah. obviously. Anything with AP in front, uh, Associated Press, <laughs> Advanced Placement, give me up, get out of here. All right, all right, all right, all right. Screw it. Why not? Three Duke players <laughs> for OKC. We're going Trevor Keels. <laughs> what a way We're going to Trevor Keels. I do think, I feel like if you get AJ Griffin and Mark Williams, you would trade this pick, but I agree. But uh, we'll take Trevor Keels. Trevor we'll Keels to finish it off. What a mock draft, guys. I'm very proud of us. Let's makes get a round me, of applause. You know what? This makes me look like a Duke fan as well. Duke proper. Just taking everyone. But, hey, these are talented guys. Definitely. Um, Best available. Definitely all three of them worthy of first-round picks. It's just, you know, the way the board fell, somehow OKC yep. got three of them. And you know what? I am proud that I got to be the one to pull the trigger on Bryce McGowan's. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I, I like take it. that humbly. I mean, you are wearing the Nebraska hat today. I am so. wear, I'm rocking the Nebraska hat it today. Is, proudly repping as... We wrap this podcast up. Uh, it's a pretty long one, uh, mm-hmm. but it is our first video podcast, a special podcast for us. This uh, is this is what we kind of have worked, been working towards pretty much all season. We've done all the prospect breakdowns we can. We've gone into all these teams, who's been playing the best, and this is where it all 
comes to you know fruition with this NBA draft. We've been building it up all year. We're really excited. Two weeks out around there uh, from the from the lottery being revealed, so we'll probably do some content covering how that changes things here with our mock draft. Mm-hmm. But you know, starting off with our video podcast, got to start it off with a bang. So we got you guys here today and. Thank you all for tuning in to the Mock Draft Special. Uh, you can follow us all on social media. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Jacob Schrantz. You can follow me on Instagram at Brandon.Blue. And you can follow me on Twitter now at Brandon underscore Blue 25. Hey. You can follow me at Brody Wilkin on Twitter and at Broderick Wilkin on Instagram and Broderick Wilkin on YouTube. And for League Bound on YouTube, you can find us at League Bound, just League Bound, uh, and Spotify League Bound as well. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe. Check out some of our other content. We got lots of it. Uh, plenty more coming in the future. Uh, this is looking way ahead in the future, but we are planning a draft reaction after it's all happened. Mm-hmm. Looking at where everyone goes, whether we like it or not. Rate us on YouTube. Also, let us know what y'all think of this mock draft because I know y'all. Yeah, I know y'all got opinions. Yeah, this this quickly quickly turned into an interesting mock draft as yeah, I can say the least. Well, not only did we have crazy lottery picks, but we also just kind of... I, I will say, looking back on this, I feel like I based too much of this off of team fit and not just, at the end of the day, who's the guy that's going to win you the basketball game? Mm-hmm. So, But I don't think it's that bad of a draft. Um, you know, and plus you, come, you go and look back at some of these mock drafts and they just don't end up turning out how Definitely. people thought at all, so... Yeah. Thank you guys for listening and watching. We'll see you next time. Peace out. Toodles. Even. You think Job ought to hit the gritty on this game? Win or loss. Win or loss. He's doing Bro, he's got 26 and three quarters. That's kind of crazy. I don't know. Sideline reporter asks for the gritty. He going to deliver.